What's up, Conroe? Welcome to the oh, oh, poop. The oh, oh, poop. Oh no. Oh no. All right. Okay. This is this is Nerd Thug Radio. Oh God. Just just hit the button. Just hit the button. Oh God. Uh, this is Corey DLG with me as usual, little brother Deco. We're on uh, 104.5, 106.1, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLHomestar.com. This thing is off the rails. Oh, my goodness. Lost the plot already. It's been 25 seconds. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, you can do something so long that you forget how to do it well. I don't... What? <laughs> I think every married man just nodded knowingly. They were just like, Yeah. Yeah, uh, as an as an unmarried, very single man. Oh, very think. single. That's current. My current status is very single. You know, it's weird. I don't remember seeing a very option on any of the dating apps, so I don't know that that's. Oh no, it's it's there. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's how many it's how many years has it been? <laughs> oh man, oh man, cobwebs, my boy, cobwebs. Um. This is Nerd Thug Radio. We hang out here on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays at 2 p.m. And Nico tries to get people to date him. And uh, they mostly say no. Um, <laughs> but it's only because they've met him, looked at him, and observed his hobbies. Uh, you know, some of that might be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Although most people who've met me still like me. So we got that for going for us. You're... Uh... You're you're excellent friend material, my friend. Oh, very excellent friend material. <laughs> um, you know what? There's a whole segment of the population who says the friend zone doesn't exist, in which case you are uh, awesome. Yeah. The there, you go. there you go. I've Do you believe in the friend zone, Nico? Uh, no, not really. It depends, it because it honestly depends on like what people are looking for. Okay, and, all right. Like, if they're not interested in a relationship with you, they're gonna obviously not be in one with you. But it doesn't mean that like you can't be friends somehow. But like, if you're going into a relationship, like I want to date you, and they're like, "Well, I'm not gonna date you," and that's not gonna change. And it's like you should just leave because clearly one of you is just never gonna be happy with that relationship. Uh, I would agree with that. I would say I would say one hundred percent. If you're being friends with someone because you think that they're going to date you later, don't do that. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's healthy. But like, if you're like you met someone on a whim and like, you're or like, you're hey, friends just... with somebody and then you're yeah. like, hey, let's uh, let's grab a drink and then whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, I can see. I can agree with that. I um. It's one of those long-running conversations in woke internet is, does the friend zone exist? Um, And I don't think you're going to convince many men that it doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, But I think a lot of women maybe feel like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Because it's it's just, it's what you expect, right? It's It's all managing expectations. Ooh, look at you. You know, uh, I once was a, a friend with a very smart person who said expectations are the downfall of relationships. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I can agree. With, I can. I can agree with that every single time. So uh, you just sounded a lot smarter there, and I don't know if you did that on purpose or not, but 
but good job. My brain friend. is my brain is sometimes operational. <laughs> Other times not so much. Yeah, that was uh, that was a long, long time ago. I was having a conversation. I don't I remember the person. I remember but I don't remember why we were talking about it. I guess I must have been I must have been dating somebody in order for this conversation to come up, but I don't quite remember. And we were just talking about everything that was going on, and he was like, yeah, it just sounds like you're like expecting a lot out of this. I was like, maybe I am. He was like, yeah, man, expectations. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, because it, it basically, it's what you're thinking, right? What you think is going to happen, how is going to work, and that's where communication really helps. If you make it very obvious what you want, then someone is either going to agree or disagree. <laughs> and that is how I date. I do date... Uh full bore you know this is what i'm looking for this is what i want to do this is what i'm this is what i'm about right so anybody who gets in that situation with me typically knows what i said i've actually had a girl who did not want to date me but she was like man i really like how you talk to me she was like you're very like i 100 percent always know what it is that's going on with you she's like i really like that and i was like but not enough to date me and then i cried no i didn't (laughs) <laughs> but no but i was like no so that's i just i would rather i would rather always know where i'm at in something than be in a spot where you're just going man i don't know like what are we right now like what's happening like oh my gosh you know some people right. could live like that they could just live in these undefined under like underdeveloped situations where they're just like i'm not really sure what's happening right now can't do it can't do it zero interest Right, and also that's where a lot of people get hurt. You know, the the wishy washy like, will they, won't they? Like, it can be very painful because it's like, oh, I thought I thought you cared a lot more about me, or I thought this was way more serious than it really was. And that's right. from a lack of communication because people aren't clear on what they want. Look at that! All that from two of the most single dudes in the entire planet. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Look, what is it, what does it say? Mentors usually aren't in the game anymore. Oh, is that true? I don't know. <laughs> Mentors usually aren't in the game. I mean, that feels kind of true. Uh, what about uh, those who can't, comma, teach? I always felt like that was really disrespectful. <laughs> I did too, but I mean, but I mean, maybe not. Well, a lot of the times, like can't is in like, oh, they couldn't do it versus like can't like they don't want to do it is two different things right is it are, are there people who choose not to do it and then teach it yeah well, that, that feels like a loser too it might be <laughs> I mean I don't know that look I don't know almost in any situation I don't think it's any better to choose not to do it than it is to be unable to do it like I well, feel no. like it's being unironically too cool it's not unironically too cool. It's just like it feels like it. Well, maybe. Like, like it also like situation. Like, like let's it's say like it's... separating yourself from it, right? Like it's this is a chapter of my life I don't want to revisit, but I'm willing to give people advice on it because I don't want to go back. Yeah, I don't know that I would even. I, I, I mean, I guess if it was like a a bad thing, but if it's a bad thing, even I know not to do it. I'm just doing it because I want to. Like. In the back-to-school movies when the kid argues that drugs make him feel good, so it's okay to take them, he mm-hmm. knows they're bad. He just doesn't. He just would rather feel good than deal with the fact that he's 
doing bad things to fill the hole in his heart, right? Like, nobody's confused that drugs are good. I mean, yeah, but some people need a little bit more convincing than that. <laughs> no, they just need convincing on why they should, on stopping. They probably just need help stopping because they probably have big issues. That's that's the issue with the thing about addiction is a lot of times these people know they have massive problems. They just don't feel like solving them. So right. the the unironically too cool for drug speech isn't going to get there. Well, no, because the problem's way more complex. Right. Like, I've been, I've been where you've been, son, and I know what you're going through. Like, you know what, dude? You don't know me. Like, no. No, you can't. You can't say that. We met once at a bus stop. You can't talk to me like this. And now I'm gonna go get high again. Just, right, just yeah. kidding. Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah, but I mean, definitely, definitely don't do drugs. But like, there's <laughs> like I'm trying to think of the scenario where the unironically too cool is is gonna work out, and I can't think of any. Like, what is he? Is he gonna coach you in a sport? Like, yeah, I could. <laughs> I could be a pro soccer player, but I'd rather be here working with five-year-olds. What? No, you wouldn't. I mean, it depends on, like... And then I think, it like, it, it's more circumstance and, like, maybe he got injured, like... What, are you going Mighty Ducks on me here? Yeah. Or our very own father. <laughs> True, but for whatever reason, you know, Dad and I talked about that once or twice. He just never really... I don't think he ever... Man, I don't know. This is a weird thing to say out loud, but I don't know that he really loved playing soccer as much as he enjoyed being around soccer. I think he liked team sports and that kind of element of camaraderie, but I don't know that he ever really loved playing because he had zero interest in really getting back to it after the accident. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I'm sure, you know, and the times were much different back when it happened. Like, I'm sure those injuries aren't, like, weren't recovered as well either. Because I know that it came, it did come up later in his life. <laughs> right, but I mean... Like, would he have had the same opportunity, like, being who he was at the time? No, but even a lesser opportunity probably would have been he could have played professionally somewhere. I mean, Maybe. I mean, it, it... So, for those who don't know, so our father, you know, before he passed, when he was young, when he was... 1920, he was offered uh, the position uh, to play goalkeeper for the Mexico under-21 team. And he said, hey, I'm almost done with college. Let me finish college, and then I'll come play for your national program. And they said, yeah, great. And the next, the, Max, the Mexico program back then was set up to where they would pay you a salary and you would live on a compound and just play soccer all the time. Um during that time while he was finishing college, he got in a motorcycle accident and wound up in a body cast. Mom, they got married. Uh, they went down that path instead. But even then, like, he was, he went right to coaching soccer right away because he wanted the extra money. So, like, he could have really worked himself into shape if he really, really wanted to. It wouldn't have taken much for him to have spent maybe those first two years seeing if he still had it and then maybe going to play soccer somewhere. Yeah, and like I, I really don't know enough about like the pro athlete mentality after that. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> and you know what the min, what the motivations are and all that too. Like, you know, maybe he just you know want to do did, it. <laughs> didn't want to travel. Didn't want to you know you know I don't I don't know. Um, 
But whatever the issue was, he he didn't want to go back to it. So I don't know that that would have been. I think you know he would have fallen under the those who can't they teach at that point. Um, and he loved coaching soccer, and he loved being around those those young kids and helping them out and coaching up those those young men into grown men and that kind of situation. But I don't I don't know that. Yeah, I don't think he ever really had a, a major interest in in playing ever again after that. Yeah, and maybe and maybe the maybe the adage is true, and I'm just looking at it in a negative, like you can't do it, so you have to teach it kind of way. Well, I mean, you got it. So I was listening the other day to sports radio, and they had a former player on, and he was talking about how there was a debate about one of the rookie quarterbacks to play him right away or not play him. And he was saying it's okay to sit him for a while so that he can watch the habits of the other older veteran quarterbacks and develop these good habits at an early age. Like, what are you actually looking for when you watch film? Well, when you watch film with the other quarterbacks, they can tell you that, you know what I mean? Like there are things that you're only going to learn by being around guys who have also done it. Right. Yeah. Um, Rolling, so rolling, rolling in blind with no idea what you're doing isn't really going to help anyone. Well, um, oh man, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but the oh Dwayne Haskins, the former Washington Redskins quarterback. So he was drafted by them. I want to say they traded up to get him like ninth, uh, three years ago, four years ago. Well, they went ahead and cut him instead of letting him even finish his rookie deal. Oh man, um. That's you. That's I mean. That's a big sign that like, oh, this guy doesn't get it. And now wherever he's at, he resigned. He signed with another team. They uh, <laughs> this this I read the quote and it kind of just blew my mind. Like they were giving out detailed scouting reports on the defense, and he literally asked the staff in the meeting room, the quarterbacks room, "What is this?" And they were like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I've I've." This is the first time I've ever been given a report like this. What is, how did you guys get this? They're like, what do you mean? Everybody watches film and they all break down different parts of it. So this is, this is everyone's notes on what the defense likes to do. And he's like, you guys are allowed to do this? Turns out the Redskins in three years had never once given him a scouting report on the opposing defense. (laughs) So like, it, it says one thing about methodology. For sure, the Redskins were a dysfunctional organization. But it also says a lot about if you're not around the people who are training for success, you don't know what that looks like. And then when you go somewhere else and they are training, maybe not for – I don't remember what team is on. It might not even be a good team, but they're at least more prepared than the Redskins or the former Washington Redskins, I should say. Uh, The Washington football program? The Washington football team. Um then yeah, it definitely is uh, like it's eye opening. Here's a guy who's been in the league three years, four years now, and he's never seen a defensive scouting report until his new team showed him one. <laughs> this is real. You can do this. This is allowed. Seems like he's like, cheating for the first time. <laughs> yeah, like he honestly for a second was like, "Are we allowed to just write all this stuff down about the other guys? Like, what is this?" And that in and of itself is kind of a trip. The idea that, like, he was 
so blown away about the level of preparedness and the attention to detail that his old organization had never even attempted to do. Like, it just goes to show, like, when certain people show up places and are trying to do something and turn something around and get into something, like, it's important. Details are what matters. Like, that's what changes the team. We've talked about how the Cincinnati Bengals uh, didn't even provide jock straps to their players. That, that a first-round draft pick one year came in and bought uh, uh, for Nike a bunch of jock straps from everybody. Like, the idea that these people were so woefully unprepared to do their job as professional ball players because the organization was just uninterested. Uh, I mean, you have to be around successful people to know how to succeed, and that just kind of goes to show it. Yeah, and I mean, look, and it pays, and it it makes itself very known when you go into like long term, like these organizations. I mean, look at look at uh like New England, like very apparent that they pay attention to the details because they've been able to win for the past ten years, right? Like, if there's something small, they'll fix it or they'll cut people or they'll get people. Like, well, and they would just always do stuff that was. You know, they were always pushing the envelope, but not even in a cheating way, like obviously within the rules. For example, um, they played the Ravens and they lined up their offensive linemen and they didn't line them up in consecutive order because nowhere in the rules does it say to do that. So literally the standard five-man offensive line that we've seen forever, at no point does it say in the rule book that that's the only way to line up. It just says the guy on the very end, uh, if he covers up, he has then the wide receiver has to be on the outside, blah blah blah. Otherwise, the, the line isn't covered. Mm-hmm. So they literally they put a tight end, reported him as eligible, lined him up off of staggered off of the line. They had a gap there and everything, but he's not on the line, he's just behind it. But there's a big gap. One of the offensive linemen is stood up like he's a receiver. So the positioning of everybody is correct. But an offensive lineman who isn't, he's not eligible to go downfield. And and in the play, he doesn't go downfield. He knows who to cover because the tight end is in his spot on the line. Like, like it looks like the tight end set up to block and the offensive tackle is set up to run out. Mm -hmm. And so when they hike the ball, the offensive tackle drops back to find somebody to block. And the tight end from the middle of the line takes off running upfield, which is completely allowed. But the Baltimore Ravens had no idea who to cover in the play because they just had never seen it before. And that's an attention to detail that nobody else in the league even has. Right, yeah. They weren't scrolling down the rule books being like, oh, I can can line up differently, cause confusion, and just get free runs here. Right. So the preseason games have been going on, and – there have been some interesting ones that have been really good. Green Bay, their third-string quarterback, uh, was playing last night uh, against Wilson, who is the Jets' second pick. He's their first-round pick this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the talk is he's probably he should be probably a starter. I don't know that they've decided 100% they're going to start him. Uh, they both looked really good, though. But the Green Bay quarterback um, – very strong arm, like very strong arm. Uh, a couple times, it's literally just 
with not much of a step into it, just a quick release and flung it about 50 yards downfield. Uh, the only problem is he couldn't get the receivers to get underneath these balls. He was throwing them so far. Uh, it was pretty impressive. Uh, Literally too strong. Well, when you're playing with the third string, you don't have the fastest guys or the best guys. Like, like you don't have necessarily the right guys lined up in the right places because you're just – this is literally the bottom of the roster. And so with him out there, they had a couple guys who were probably slower but bigger receivers. And then they had him running what, are, what would be speed routes. So they just They just weren't quick enough a lot of times when a when a receiver passes the cornerback they they turn it up a little bit they go a little bit faster somehow Mm -hmm. because now they're going to be wide open and they know they expect the ball is going to be thrown to an open area ahead of them and and these guys just weren't able to as they're passing the cornerback they're still faster than the cornerback but they're not they didn't have an extra gear to find yeah they weren't able to get that last bit in there Right, and so they're they were coming up like two three yards short on all of these balls, and you're just like, oh man. But when you talk about the reason I bring it up though is they at least finally for New York, it's a relief just to see a guy out there who can throw the football. <laughs> They've been a mess at that for a while. Sam Darnold uh, was there. Were, there were some TV guys who were in love with him. He was not the guy. He's not anything. He's I think not. it's I think it's so funny when like TV personalities, especially in sports, just have a guy and they're like, "This guy, he's my favorite," because I definitely do that with Jameis Winston because I just think it's so funny. But you don't, you don't, you've never once tried to convince me that he's any good. You just think his story is weird. I do think his story is weird, and like, I'm really he's- excited to see where he goes. These guys are trying to convince you on TV that like Sam Darnold could be like a 12 year starter for the Jets. And it's like, he's not even going to make it to his second contract. And sure enough, he didn't. They traded him away. <laughs> I guess that's fair. It's like that one guy that loves Dak Prescott. And like, dude, he's just oh as God. good as Aaron Rodgers. Look at the stats. Oh, yeah. That, who was, that was Ryan Clark that year. Aaron Rodgers was in the Pro Bowl and Dak Prescott wasn't. But the Cowboys were better. I think record-wise. But Aaron Rodgers was just destroying him stats-wise. Yeah, and he's like, look at the stats. Why Why is he in that? It's like Aaron Rodgers is like won a Super Bowl basically by himself. Yeah. You know what's funny? The longer everyone plays, the more obvious that Aaron Rodgers – the more obvious it is that Aaron Rodgers basically won by himself. Yeah, because he's just better than everyone. and all, all they did was switch – Switch his head coach and he went fourteen and two, right? And yeah. Like, oh yeah. Mike McCarthy, forgot he's forgot he's one of the best quarterbacks in the whole game right now. Mike McCarthy went down and he was coaching in Dallas last year. That was his first year. Didn't they go like? Didn't they go five hundred like they always do? Yeah, they did. I think I think like didn't they say like one year they got to like exactly five hundred? Um. Yeah, I think it was two years ago. Like, They've essentially been a 500 team for like that. for like 14 years. And so weirdly 500 that it was like two or three years ago, they were playing a game in the middle of the season 
that if they lost it, Jason Garrett would be 500 for his entire career coaching in Dallas. And sure enough, they did. Which is the Um, funniest thing ever. Yeah, everything about their win-loss situation basically flushes out to 500 for the past. I mean, it's... You got to go a ways back before you get any sort of real, like eleven wins or anything like that. Like it's that's why, it's that's why basically eight wins every. Always year. make fun of Cowboys fans because they're always so excited. It's like, okay, Mister Five Hundred team for the entirety of your existence. And you know what's weird about that is every year there are two or three guys who are like, this could be the year they win the Super Bowl. Oh, and yeah. I don't, I don't know why they do it, but they do, they do it to them every year. And I used to not realize this, but a couple years ago, there were about three guys who picked the Texans one year to win the Super Bowl. It was the Matt Schaub. It was the last year of Matt Schaub. uh, And basically, he falls apart and has one of the weirdest statistical flukes ever happen to a quarterback. Nothing like this had ever happened. I've never never seen this and will probably never see it again. But he goes through a streak where I think it was four games in a row, he threw a pick six. Nice. It statistically, it had never occurred before. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I think before that, there were like, there were two people in the entire history of the NFL who had ever thrown three pick sixes in a row, like in game. And it's, you're talking about 100 years of football. Yeah. And then he makes the new record with four. And. Got him. And it was like it was weird. Like we were in the we were playing uh, the Seattle Seahawks, and the whole first half we are destroying them. I think at the halftime we're up thirteen points, and coming into the season they hadn't allowed anybody to throw for more than two hundred yards in a game. And in the first half we had like two hundred and fifteen yards of passing offense. Like mm. we were we were we were doing everything right. And then middle third, he throws a pick six, and just falls apart. And he can't, he can't, he can't get anything done after that. And all of a sudden, the defense goes from pitching, you know, just a shutout of three and outs. And all of a sudden, they can't get off the field on third downs, and we wind up losing the game by like a field goal or something. And you're watching it, and you're just watching the lead chip away and chip away and chip away. And you're watching them just like fall apart mentally, and you start to think about like. We were supposed to win a Super Bowl this year. Like the expectations were that we were Super Bowl worthy, and we can't even keep our heads straight for a game. Like it, it really think... damages the psyche a little bit when someone when when the TV people get behind you and then you fall so hard. <laughs> the fall from grace has never been so long. I mean, just brutal. I think just I remember, absolutely I think... brutal. I think I remember the season because it was like the year before everyone was talking about how good the Texans were and like, this is it, boys. This is the year we're going to win. Yeah, the year before we had won 11 or 12 games and literally made it to the second round of the playoffs and people were sort of like, oh, we're in. Yeah, and then we go like 2-14 and the next year. Uh, Maybe not that bad. Yeah, yeah, no, it might have been. Yeah, because that was basically Matt Schaub's last year. Yeah, he, he did, he did that. like super garbage. Yeah, because it was like I was my freshman year of high school. I remember this now. 
And then they, they go and they get – I mean, it never gets any better. Like, they get Brock Osweiler after that. That's bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Everyone, everyone remembers the Osweiler. I, I, remember, I remember – man, weren't there people, like, after he just stank of Houston for, like, two or three years because we paid him, like, crazy money to be here? So we gave him $60 million over three years, and I think, like, 40 of it was guaranteed. We had to give the Cleveland Browns a second-round pick to take him off our roster after the one year. Yeah, it was it was bad, and then he was never he was never good, and people still were like, "Oh man, I really like this guy." And it I was mean, him and Case Keenum who also now Case Keenum was a U of H quarterback, uh, and because of that, there was kind of this element that like, "Oh, here he comes, hometown kid, blah blah blah." We took him as a publicity stunt, kind of a thing. He was on our practice team the first year. Second year, he's like the third stringer. But then Matt Schaub and Ryan Fitzpatrick or whoever it was get hurt. He plays a little bit, and it's bad. And then the next year, when we when Brock Osweiler is clearly not the quarterback, by midway through, we're just rotating between like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Case Keenum. Uh, just we're just throwing people out there, honestly. Um, and Case Keenum is also terrible. And there's all this like. All these people are like, man, if the rest of the team wasn't so bad, Case Keenum might be okay. And I was like, uh, Case Keenum is a lot of the problem right now. Like, <laughs> Case Keenum being out there isn't a good thing. Yeah. It makes me really sad that we wasted so many years of great defense for such garbage offense years. <laughs> like, and now, now we are just garbage all around. Right now. <laughs> now that, our, that our, de- our, our impenetrable wall of defense is finally crumpled. We've lost right. everything that made us good. Now so we're Jonathan just bad. Joseph, Jonathan Joseph is gone. Uh, David Clowney is gone. J.J. Watt is gone. Brooks Reed, I think. I don't remember right now off the top of my head, but I think his contract ended last year. Right now, we've got like two years left on the Whitney Merciless deal. And... That's, and that's like we're I think for the books he's got like 25 million over the next two years and he there's there's nothing he doesn't have he doesn't have a dollar worth of play left in him like but we have to keep him because if we cut him he screws up our cap even worse like yeah we're we are in a state right now Essentially, the only reason this dude is on the team is because it would cost $15 million if he wasn't on the team. Right. So he's going to make his $20 million this year. It just kind of show up from time to time. Yeah. It's it's going to be – it's it's bad. It's awkward. And have the sickest name on his jersey ever. God, man, when we drafted him, so his first name is Whitney, obviously. When we drafted him, I was talking to some people at work at the time. And somebody goes, yeah, the guy with a really girly name. And I said, he has like the best football name ever. Like his first name is Whitney. I said, yeah, but his last name is Merciless. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, you can call me whatever you want. If my last name is Merciless, it doesn't right. matter. Because that's the name. Is, that's the name on the jersey, baby. That's, <laughs> that's right. All we care about. That's right. 
It could be Tanya for all I care. I am still merciless. Like right. back of my shirt's still gonna say merciless on it. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's a, it was a great name, and he was when when JJ Watt, Javian Clowney uh, is Look, are out there. And when he, when the when the when the squad was together, we were a threat. The squad he, is no longer together, and we are. And no he was a, a part of that. And, yeah. and now it's all gone. Yeah. DJ Reader up front. Like there was a lot of there were a lot of the pieces fit together really well back then, but little by little it all went away. And once it did, I mean there was nothing. I mean this is this is my my theory on what's gonna happen to the Golden State Warriors in like the next two to three years. Is that they're, they're gonna, gonna be, be the Texans? Yeah, there's gonna be a nothing team because Steph Curry and um, Clay Thompson and Draymond yeah. Green are getting old. Yeah, they're getting old. This team's gonna fall apart. And they had this, this amazing, like, legendary run. But like, it's just like all Giants, they fall eventually. Um, I, man, I saw a really interesting thing about Clay Thompson. We'll jump out to a break here in a minute. Um, I really kind of liked it. The story it was when he his rookie year is when the Golden State Warriors were still this other kind of team. Uh, man, I, you know, actually, you know what, actually it was Monta Ellis and DJ Schroeder that were the guard, the, the guard combo back then on the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Clay Thompson won game. This, the Warriors are not anything special. You're talking 30 to 40 wins every year. That's basically it. Clay Thompson's out there one game, just shooting threes every time he gets, he touches the ball. The ball goes in front of him, shoots a three. Somebody passes to him, he's shooting a three. Open, not open, he's shooting a three. Uh, Monta Ellis gets mad because Monta Ellis wanted a shot, and, and Clay just took the three as soon as he got the ball. Uh, and he comes over to him in a timeout, and he says, hey, man, you're shooting too much. You're a rook, and you need to learn how to respect the game and pass the ball. And Clay Thompson didn't say anything. Well, out of the – uh, on the next offensive possession, the the pass comes to Clay Thompson on the outside, and he shoots and makes the next three. And the whole coaching staff kind of looked at each other like, "That's cold blooded," <laughs> because Monta Ellis at that point would have been like the senior guard on the team. Like him telling you to pass it, that's you. You should be you should be deferring to your vets in situations like that. And Clay Thompson doesn't say anything. He says, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. Doesn't say anything at all. And then just shoots and makes the next three. Like, I'm sorry, were you telling me to pass it? Because I'll put the points on the board, bro. Yeah, except this story would have been way worse. It's like, shoots the three, and just all rim and, like, nothing. <laughs> all rim. It's the whole rookie year. He's just clanking threes all day. <laughs> Someone's like, hey, Clay, you ever going to make one of these? And he's like, don't worry about it. Call yeah, me this four is, points. This is, this is, this is the... in. <laughs> <laughs> He's got 12 points in 90 minute game. <laughs> Clay, you are six for 28 over your last three point attempts. Is there anything you, uh, you think you need to work on? He's like, got to get that 29th shot, y'all. <laughs> it's just... about to be seven for 29. He's <laughs> like, yeah, check this out. Clunk. Clank. <laughs> Clank. Just rimming it over and over again. <laughs> Thunking the bottom of the backboard, just awkward angles. Dunk. Like does like the the like basketball montage, like someone's playing loud music over it. It's like <laughs> juking a guy out, does the step back clunk. 
<laughs> like just over and over. They when they when they when they show like the makes and misses chart, it's just all X's outside the three point line. Yeah. Like four little dots on there. <laughs> like he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely gonna shoot it. <laughs> he's, he's in the lead for the league for most shots taken, but like Leads the league in three point attempts and then yeah. nothing else. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh man. So a lot of times people would talk about Brett Favre. Uh because he just he played for so long that he basically held the records in everything, including interceptions. But also, including all the bad ones. Yeah, well, yeah, like you know, uh, pass attempts and pass completions. But you know, also the fact that he led the league in pass attempts. Like, I mean, it's just stuff like that. But it was like, okay, well, he played nineteen years. Like, what do you, what do you think you're doing out there when you start and play hard for nineteen years? Like, but he did lead the league in interceptions, and so there's always kind of that element. uh, Like, and he led the league in fumbles and stuff like like. He just played so long that he just accumulated large numbers in all the stats. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is, you don't want the bad stats. <laughs> I mean, they're a part of the game, right? Like, <laughs> I guess, I guess. Uh, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got a little bit more Nerd Thug Radio just rambling along. We'll be right back on this Friday edition of Nerd Thug Radio. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, The Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back, Conroe, to Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister station, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Uh, any, anything that's going to be going on is going to be going on on the Facebook page, so that's the place to check it out. Uh, it's Friday. We're, we're meandering through it. Uh, I will, of course, declare it the weekend now. So there you go, you made it. Finally, someone as, someone to officially tell me when the weekend starts. As mayor of the weekend, it's my duty to officially start it, and so I just did. There you go. It's like those, like the Egyptian gods that like pull the sun. Wow, that's a big responsibility. Yeah, just declaring the weekend. It's like a big chariot. <laughs> I think uh, I don't know who it is, but somebody I follow on. Uh, Oh no! Oh no! I was yawning. Sorry. That I follow on Twitter. That uh, (laughs) every Friday afternoon they post that GIF of Daniel Craig uh, introducing the weekend on Saturday Night Live. 
<laughs> so it's just Daniel Craig grinning, and he has like a long sigh, and then he goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend." And like he just plays it over. He posts it every Friday afternoon, whoever this person is, and it's so great. That's a pretty good bit. It is a good bit. Some people I just have some great bits for Tinder or for Twitter. I mean. Uh, there's one Ooh, I saw. Very different scenario. Yeah, absolutely. There was one I saw. It was uh, it was updates from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's just a bunch of funny tweets, like as though they somebody was like the info guy with Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, and so one time, one of them was, "Is anybody ever really free?" Really, life is just one big cage anyway. So even if someone were to get out of a containment unit. It would still be trapped in a box that is life, right? And then underneath in the comments, it's them coming right back. But seriously, eight or nine dinosaurs are definitely on the loose. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, another one is like, uh, <laughs> excuse us, we're, uh, don't mind us, we're on our way to the, uh, oh, no, 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 it said, uh, we just discovered that Tyrannosaurus rexes are from the Crustaceous period, not the Jurassic period. So excuse us while we're on our way to get rid of a T-Rex and a logo designer. <laughs> uh, the old Jurassic Park memes. It, it's good. There are some funny ones, though. Another one is, uh, it's all misspelled, but it's I am Velociraptor. I learning to type and tweet. How are they going to do that with their clicky clack nails? <laughs> Click it. Same way the people at Walmart do. I don't know what this, I don't. People in society have, have just accepted the six inch nail now and I don't know I don't know how we got there, but it's really grossing me out. Can reptiles even use touch screens if they're cold blooded? Maybe they gotta blow on their hands first. <laughs> they just they got little like mittens for their hands to warm up. To be fair, cold doesn't actually mean cold. It just means they don't have their own regulatory temperature system. Yeah, but like So if they're, if they're walking not... around if they're walking around a target, they're still eighty eight degrees. Oh, man, targets you go to are real hot then. (laughs) I mean, they're not matching the temperature of the outside environment. I mean, they still have some heat, don't they? That's why they lay under, like, rocks and stuff. They need the the heat. They lay on the rocks to get the heat. But they absorb it in, right? Yeah, they they walk through a target for an hour. Yeah, but if it's cold in said target, they're going to get cold. I don't... I I think you're... I think you're vastly underestimating the the ambulatory nature of dinosaurs. Look, I don't. I've never owned one, nor do I even own any of their relatives. <laughs> Birds? Is that what you're talking about? Or or lizards? Either one. Uh, I I don't know. I I suppose the wiser thing to say would be I I I don't know. No, genuinely, no idea. <laughs> I don't know how cold blooded works. I guess is really the truth. Really, but... it's just can can lizards use touchscreen? Because if the answer is yes, then we've made it. Then yes, they can. I mean, don't worry, I'm on it. I'm using the power of the internet. I didn't think that the that some of the cashiers I've had here in the last year are going to be able to ring up stuff with those nails that they've had, but they manage. I watched one woman just use her knuckles. That was kind of gross. I mean, like, it's efficient. But she was using her knuckles because she had six-inch fake fingernails. Maybe they're real. I don't know. But it's still gross. 
Like, uh, this one, it's a it's a lizard playing a game with its tongue, which I don't. That's terrifying. I mean, if a tongue is warm enough, why wouldn't a knuckle be? Fair enough. Man, this didn't answer any of my questions, uh, but close enough. Did you know, in World War Two, we almost deployed pigeon piloted bombs? Oh no! No oh, wait. Yep. No. No. No search results for can lizards use touchscreens? <laughs> <laughs> no one has been this inquiry. No Google's been... Google's been polite enough to delete the history of people who are trying to find that out. They're like, you need, <laughs> you need to ease that, off the marijuana. Or they're deleting the people that want the truth, Corey. <laughs> they're censoring us. <laughs> I just want to know the truth. It's a global. It's a socio-global economic. Conspiracy against the dinosaur mistrusters. Dinosaurs aren't real. That's why they're called thunder lizards, because thunder isn't real. It's just I, noise. I I hate every word coming out of your mouth. <laughs> you had better stop it. <laughs> I don't even oh that was, god. That was a pretty good that was pretty good, alright? I cool. Oh. You were you were you were disgusted and convinced. Oh my god! <laughs> like almost threw up onto my phone, which did would have made me drive to your house and hurt you. <laughs> just <laughs> so just like it's so gross how stupid some people try to be these days. <laughs> and it takes real effort to be that stupid. I don't. You know what? Like, you know, I know I shouldn't say this. I really shouldn't. I know that. I am past the limit of patience for a lot of people and the things that they have to talk themselves into believing. It's because you see it now. You didn't see it before because the internet didn't exist. Well, well, okay, but I've always seen it. And actually, when I was promoting Another Day at the Office, the first issue, I went on uh, Dick Shizzler's morning show in Conroe one day. Mm -hmm. And they discussed uh, politics. And they were talking about Trump had just come into the office and they were talking about something, something, but it was about how like it, it was an alternative set of facts kind of a situation. And we got on the topic of flat earthers mm-hmm. and somebody and, and basically the question that we were discussing was whether or not the Internet makes these people. And I said, no, it just gives them the ability to gather. You can now find the like minded people. I think the same number of people probably. Well, no. I think it's probably doubled because of the internet, but there was still already a large segment of the population that was going to believe this, but never knew other people also believed it. I I agree with that statement. No, I do think there was an ignorant half who had no idea or concept and could be convinced because they don't have the ability to discern and ask actual cutting questions, like questions that actually get into the, the relevance and truth of things. Yeah, um, and they see a video of something. You go, okay, yeah, I buy that. I buy that. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> there was a. I, I went down a very, a very quirky rabbit hole where uh, I, I, I scrolled down a bunch of conspiracy videos, and two that were directly next to each other that I thought was genuinely hilarious. Like there was one where it was like they definitely didn't land on the moon, and it was like the classic, like, oh, the boots don't match. Oh. There was no way for them to get that. Oh, why was the flag moving? 
and then the literal like two videos down was another one like if you're thinking the moon landing is fake you're just doing it for attention it's like <laughs> here's the spacesuit here's the spacesuit outer thing that's different that's why the footprints on the moon are different flags move in space just because you're in a vacuum doesn't mean that things don't move <laughs> You can literally see what we left on the moon with a telescope using your eyes. Well, and you can actually conduct your own experiment because we left a reflective plate on the surface of the moon. You can shoot a laser to the exact coordinates where it's at, and it'll tell you precisely down to the centimeter how far away the moon is from the Earth. Right. Um, however, the people who want to disagree with you and don't want to believe will continue to find ways to not believe and i i said back then that that is dangerous because what happens is these people once they lose that basis of trust on something as core as science once you can't even remember remember we we blast messages into space like in series of numbers because we say things like math is a universal language Right. Math is only a universal language if we all agree on what numbers are. Like, the second we don't have a basis in factual reality with the person across the table from us, then we can no longer, there is no, there is no dialogue where we can't agree on what's real. And so I said it's a real danger that there are people who believe the Earth is flat because they, because of what it takes to get to that point, a distrust of math, a distrust of science, a distrust of the institutions, including NASA. NASA, according to them, is one of the one of the bad guys. NASA. They're covering up the aliens. Well, but more importantly than that, they were put together specifically to lie to you about the flat Earth. Yeah, that or like the hollow Earth theory. Still one of my favorites, by the way. That's even dumber. Oh yeah, you haven't and heard like, of Hol- have- you haven't heard of Hollow Earth? Yeah, the ice caps—they aren't actually ice caps. They're literal giant like holes in the Earth where the inner sun projects out. I don't even care anymore. I don't care. <laughs> you ever watch Journey to the Center of the Earth? Yeah, it's just that. Except yeah, way I, worse. I, no, I knew that there were some people who thought that that was like basic they're like yeah that's actually based on like a real thing and you're like what are you talking about but but you can't help those people you can't but it's weird because like a lot of the basis for these theories some of them will be like oh yeah military pilots or this guy just doing research for a lab or something it's like so you believe it's somewhere on this timeline (laughs) that there's a credible source to start from Right. But even that's but even that's total crap, right? Like, yeah. The sad the sad truth of the matter is, just like we talked about for the my pillow guy, is that there's always somebody looking to take advantage of somebody who's already basically convinced themselves of what's going to happen, even if it's not real. So when the my I mean, pillow guy sits around and says that the election is definitely literally, stolen, it's literally like the entirety of like a lot of a lot of psychics did yeah um, still do i shouldn't i shouldn't say like they stopped doing it it still my, happens to this day my favorite was a, a investigative news a uh, group local news channel they showed a picture of a young girl to a psychic and they said can you do a reading on this picture and tell us about this young girl and they're like yeah absolutely and she's like oh this young girl is gone she's dead blah 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 
And after about 10 minutes of her like going on her spiel about the young girl, they talk about a couple other things. And the reporter goes, hey, I want to come back and ask you about this picture again. This picture is a picture of me when I was a child. And uh, <laughs> the psychic is like, oh, I don't have any further, uh, no questions at this time. Disappeared into a puff of smoke. <laughs> that would have been so much better. That would have had more credibility. <laughs> really Maybe I'm not psychic, but I do have Batman skills. But no, instead they were just a total fraud. Throws a throws a smoke ball on the ground, slowly <laughs> fills the room with smoke, pushes over the camera guy. <laughs> slow slow shoulder yeah. charges out of the room. Yeah, because it's, it's not imp- it's not impressive, like roll like struggling to light the smoke balls, like throws it onto the table. <laughs> uh, I honestly I don't. I don't even. I. I don't have anything nice to say. <laughs> I have. I have nothing nice to say about it. So, well, this is a great time. Great episode. Nerf that great. <laughs> All right here. Uh, go ahead and uh, tell everybody about Adventure Begins and uh, you know all that stuff. Yeah, Adventure Begins, Cowboys, Games, and more. A fantastic store with wonderful staff. They got events rolling up tonight. Is the Star Wars X-Wing casual meetup at 6 p.m. Saturday is the uh, at 6 p.m. is the Warhammer Legion and tabletop wargaming stuff. So more than just Warhammer, they also got Star Wars Legion up there. And also at uh, also on Saturday at 6 p.m. is uh, even more magic time. This is the weekly commander meetup. The modern meetup is earlier this week on Thursday. So you can catch all those right there at the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More. A fantastic store with all your nerd needs. They got your comic books, your board games, your card games, all right there. The Adventure Begins off of 1488. All right, guys, on behalf of uh, Little Brother Nico and myself, we're going to wrap this show up on a downer because that's good energy for the weekend. Uh, everybody Get be excited. Each other. Yeah. Um, one thing, man, like if, if, if you are on the fence about the vaccination, it's time to just go get it. They're giving out $100 now in Harris yeah, County. Too. Go get you some free money, dog. I got a, all I got was a <laughs> Target gift card. I didn't get anything but the peace of mind that I know I'm not going to wind up in the hospital. I'm incredibly unlikely to wind up in the hospital or dead from COVID. Um, if you, if you got friends, family that you want to spend time with in the future, if you've got little ones in your life that you want to see grow up, uh, the pride that you are winning in the short term to risk your long term on some pseudo BS that you read on a website that's not real. Um, just do better. Just, just consider things differently. Uh, on that note, we're going to jump out. Everybody have a great weekend. We will see you Monday at two o'clock on Nerd Thug Radio. Or you can hang out with us t- tomorrow night at 11 o'clock, streaming on uh, 6.60 a.m. in Dallas-Fort Worth in Oklahoma City. This is Nerd Thug Radio. We'll be back next week. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe. That sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun 
nerd assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, the Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventurers League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs>